Chapter Eight of the Yellow Sheet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Yellow Sheet, the LibriVox Nano Rimo Project, 2007. Chapter Eight, written and recorded by Betsy Bush in Marquette, Michigan, November 2007. Hey, Upchuck, shut that thing off. I snarl at my roommate and throw a pillow at him. Chuck groans, rolls over, and hits the snooze button. Seven minutes later... Dude, you've got to go to work. Get up. I holler across the room. Leave me alone, Corey. I was in the middle of a good dream. Chuck murmurs, but he gets up and heads to the shower anyway. I thought getting a nice, tidy bank teller job would give me the opportunity to sleep in on weekends. I thought wrong. At least I get to take advantage of Chuck's employee discount at the bookstore, and I don't have to pay shipping. I met Chuck during our first year of college in the freshman English class. We've been friends and roommates ever since. We were both English majors, which means that neither of us know what we want to be when we grow up and spent a lot of time writing these storylines for D&D and our live-action role-playing group. We must not have been too geeky, because a couple of girls joined the group, and we managed not to scare them away. "'Are you going to the flotsam tonight?' Chuck says as he comes back in, rubbing his red head with a towel. "'I don't know who's playing.' "'Derek's new band, Nihilistic Yellow Squirrels.' "'Yeah, probably. I'll call Liz and see what she's up to tonight.' I know very well that Liz will be wherever I am tonight. I'm going to head to the library and do some research for this new plot I'm working on. I'm sick of playing the fantasy medieval themes over and over. I want to try something new. Maybe ancient Rome or Greece, or something we've never done before. I get up and get ready to go. The garb wouldn't be any worse than those ridiculous pumpkin pants, that's for sure, Chuck ponders. The girls would look great in togas, too. They don't show nearly enough skin in those big old hoop dresses. I stuff my laptop into a backpack, and we head out together. Chuck drops me off near the campus library before he heads over to Bookland. I love going to the college library on Saturday mornings. It's always empty, nice and quiet for some stream-of-consciousness writing. I sure don't miss studying, writing papers, and cramming for exams, though. Going to college is overrated. Settling into my favorite chair behind the new bookshelf, I pull out the laptop, and an envelope falls to the floor. I had forgotten about that letter in the excitement of the new fling with Liz. I open it and read from the small yellow sheet. We know. I roll my eyes and think to myself, Geez, what kind of marketing scheme is this, leaving me in suspense for their brand name? Kind of like those old Burmashave roadside signs. We know. Our beer. Smells like skunk. But you won't mind. When you're drunk, drink blue tulip beer. I wad the paper into a ball and toss it into the chair next to me. I open the laptop and start going through my morning online routine. Check email, nothing but spam. Check my Travian games, no new attacks. Check my friends' blogs, no new drama there. Check the fantasy game writers' forum, same old medieval. Oh, wait, what's this an off-topic? A new thread with a subject line of, we know. Hello, Corey. I look up to see my old physics professor. I thought you had graduated. Getting up to shake his hand, 
Hello, Professor Defer. Yes, I've graduated, but I still can't get enough of this library. How's your book going? Defer may have been a science man, but he had a literary streak in him, too. That's how I managed to get through the class with a passing grade, talking sci-fi with the prof after class. Defer chuckles. It turned out well. Let me show you. He beckons me to follow him around the shelves, where he points to the spine of a book on the new book's shelf. Doorways of Dimension, Tracking Alternate Realities Through Quantum Magnetics. Congratulations! I can't wait to read it, I say as I take the book from the shelf and flip through the pages. I'm glad to know that at least one person will read it, the professor grins. Well, it was good to see you, Corey. I have to get going. I'm teaching one of those weekend distance learning courses. Defer walks away while I bring the book back to my chair and become sidetracked reading the introduction where he describes how quantum magnetics allows for infinite possible realities or alternate universes to exist for any given moment. The point at which all events in time and space converge is called the singularity. Each alternate universe has a unique quantum magnetic resonance like a radio frequency. By tuning into different signatures, we can catch a glimpse of ourselves in these alternate realities. Like touching the surface of a mirror, we cannot penetrate into the alternate realities, but Defer explores the possibility of breaking the surface as if it were a pool of water. Once the surface tension is broken, ripples spread out across the universe that affect the time-space continuum through these doorways of dimension. As I turn the page, a wad of paper sails over the top of my book and into my lap. I look up to see where it came from, but there is no one nearby. Unfolding the paper, I notice that the one I had tossed into the chair next to me is no longer there. The wrinkled page still says, We know. But down near the bottom, written in pencil, is the following. M1020.B7706 End of chapter 8